Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Art Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And something came up, something came up, something came up. And I remembered something that I had been talking about before, but I figured, you know what, I probably better, there's probably no harm in going through it again, especially if I do a little tiny bit of research. So I did why I consider a little tiny bit of research. I went to the applicable players uh, team site and checked the stats page for the last 33-0 days. And I remembered back to an interview. I didn't actually listen to the interview, but I've heard it enough times referenced that I'm buying it. The Myrtle Beach hitting coach. Name escapes my mind right now. I should probably do my homework. Go look the guy's name up and tell you what his name is. But frankly, for a lot of you, who the guy's name is isn't going to matter a whole lot. But he is the hitting coach, and he was once interviewed by Sam Wiederhoft. And he was talking about various different players on the team, particularly players who have been getting better recently, which is what we all like to hear about. Um, Sam was asking the hitting coach about a couple of the players and Jordan Wogu came up in discussion and the hitting coach said, he's been a treat to work with. He's been absolutely fabulous from the start of the season until now to work with. Funny thing is, at the start of the season, he is horrible. He was horrible. You were hoping he would hit the ball somewhere so he wouldn't strike out. You were just absolutely hoping for some kind of something, something to happen. And he, you know, just anything. Jordan Wogu from May 1st to August 1st, those three months, is the most improved player in the pipeline. You can say anyone you want. You can say anyone you want. Heck, you can even throw in Rafael Ortega. Jordan Wogu is the most improved player in the pipeline. The start of the year, if you put him up against anyone that had any sort of a history, Early on, Myrtle Beach was playing the Tampa affiliate, the Charleston River Dogs, quite often. And Charleston's 1-2-3 through the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, guys, they were SEC first-team all-conference guys. ACC first-team all-conference. SEC second-team all-conference. These guys were absolute loaded studs. And because of that, the Cubs were sending out Ed Howard, whose last game he'd played, they actually had a box score. He was a junior in high school. How's that going to compare? How's that going to compare to somebody that was a first-team all-conference in college in the SEC? How's that even going to work? It's not. It's not. Jordan Wogu played at Michigan. 
played as a freshman. He almost was bounced off the team his freshman year because he just wasn't good enough. But uh, Wogu's parents work for the un- worked and still work, I think, for the University of Michigan as professors. And he said, how about this? Let me work on my hitting through the entire Christmas vacation. Winter break, all I'm going to do is work on my hitting. Okay. He made the team. He still wasn't a pure and total complete regular. They'd use him for pinch running, mainly. Then eventually he figured it out and they started to use him as a leadoff DH. And he did really well. And he progressed each year. By the time he was a junior, he was a regular. Primarily a designated hitter, but a regular nonetheless. A regular with very good speed. So he had three years of college in the Big Ten. Oh, well, that's a Power Five conference. So then, no, 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 no. No, no, really, no. Um, The Big Ten is not on par with the Pac-12, the ACC, the SEC, or the Big 12. Eh, Maybe with the Big 12 now, if uh, with Oklahoma, uh, with Oklahoma gone and tennis, Texas gone. But Wogu had figured out the Big Ten. He was good enough to produce at the Big Ten level. And when he was up against players in the postseason, he still did fairly well. But when it came to major uh, minor league baseball, affiliated baseball, playing against pitchers, who were far more experienced than he was. It was brutal early on. Absolutely brutal. However, as the coach said, he was learning the entire time. He's on the fly, changed his betting stance. Had been quite a bit crouched. Now he's a bit more straight up. And that's got to be tough to adjust your... Okay, go out and swing. Now, okay, now the game is over, so we're going to come in. Okay, now what I want you to do is this. Ooh, wow, that's got to be tough. Changing on the fly how to hit against pitchers that are generally really good. The last 30 days, Jordan Wogu's OPS is 1,005. If his... OPS for the entire season was 1,005. He would no longer be in Myrtle Beach. He would be up a level. So, since his OPS is 1,005 for the last 30 days, I didn't check what was the last 15, but um, I imagine it's probably pretty good for that, too. OPS 1,005 for the last 30 days. His defense still needs work. They can play him in left, possibly in right. But he's really not a defensive player yet. I assume he's working on that as well, developing, getting better at reads, getting better at jumps. I don't know that he would ever be a pure, straight-up, regular player at the major. I I, I don't know. Maybe he would be. But uh, his power, his speed... He has eight home runs. 
and he couldn't hit a darn thing. He he couldn't catch a cold at the start of the year. He, he just couldn't hit. Now he's got eight home runs. All of them, most of them very recently, very recently. And he's got some people who know a whole lot about hitting, a whole lot of baseball, saying, hmm, it's Jordan Wogu guy. I'm starting to like the way he's coming around. Not me. It's not me. It's other people saying it and his numbers for the last 30 days. OPS, 1005. That's kind of good. Um, Jordan Wogu is the most improved player in the pipeline from May 1st to August 1st. August 1st ends in half an hour. So, um, I think that's a good thing. Now, does that mean he's going to jet zoom all the way? No, I I think probably with Wogu, there will be a, uh, kind of like you get a pair of new shoes. It kind of takes you a little while to, you know, maybe you can walk around the house with it for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour the first day, but then it's like, you know, I probably better take these off and put on something else. Then the next day you can wear them for two, two and a half hours. Then after about a week, you can wear them into work. Jordan Wogu's going to take a while. He's going to get to South Bend. He's probably going to struggle. He's probably going to struggle. And people will say, oh, what's wrong with Jordan Wogu? And then he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle. The best case of that that I can ever remember is Javier Baez. He was terrible when he got to new levels often. He was um, he was generally fine in the Midwest League. There was no worries there. He got to South Bend in August. I'm going to say August. I could be off, but I think it was August. And that month, he the announcers, the Daytona announcers, the Daytona announcers were laughing at how bad his approach was at the plate. Well, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen that bad approach from Javier Baez before, but he was displaying that in high A ball, at bat after at bat after at bat after at bat. And, you know, the the Daytona announcers were saying, well, curveball's going to get him here. Swing and miss, curveball. Well, there you go. Now, they knew he was overmatched. He was underwater. He came back the next year, and he absolutely crushed the league and hit four home runs in the game. Shortly thereafter, he went up to double A, homered in his first at bat, and went hitless in his next 16. Some players, takes a while to adjust. Then once they figure it out, they're good. Jordan Wogu, get him to South Bend. I'm not sure he would figure out the league in this short of a span, but it's worth taking a look at. And hopefully it works. Hmm, will it? I don't know. I'm not that smart. Uh, but no. Jordan Wogu, one, oh, oh, five OPS in the last 30 days. Absolutely fantastic coming from a player who he had to rock and roll to get his batting average up to 150. When it got to 150, he was on fire because it had been so far below that. He was struggling. He wasn't driving the struggle bus. He was like tied to the side of the struggle bus, having to run alongside of it. He was absolutely getting crushed in the league, but he figured it out. He figured it out, and there's a very, very legitimate possibility he will play his next minor league game in advanced A-ball. Um, 
Tuesday. Tuesday, when the games begin on Tuesday, there will be a whole bunch of players at new levels and, 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 and with new players at new levels. With new players at new levels and a 180-player limit as to how many players can be in the pipeline. Some players will probably be released. It's not that, oh, man, they're terrible. It's that there's a 180-player limit. You know, if you have a player who, let's say he's doing fairly well as a backup infielder at advanced A-ball, he's not a starter. He's not a starter. He's probably not going to be a starter. And behind him, you're looking at Ed Howard. You're looking at Reggie Preciado. Christian Hernandez, and this guy here that we're talking about, he's doing all right. You know, he's, he's hitting 230, 240 in A ball. Not really all that fast. Probably not good enough to play shortstop. Probably won't ever develop enough power to be a an offensive threat at the double A level. At some point, you know, thanks, but no thanks, because the Cubs are going to have to make room in the very short term for Liam Spence, for Christian Franklin, for Parker Shavers, possibly for Jordan Wicks, whoever it is that they're going to play, they're going to have to make room for them somewhere. Some of the players they have just acquired are on the, I think it's a physical development list or some player development list, something like that. What it is, what that basically means is, okay, he's here. He's physically with the team, but we're not going to use him yet. And we're getting him in shape and used to, a lot of times this happens with pitchers. You want to get him used to the catcher that he's going to be pitching to. And you want to see what he has. Okay, uh, that's what the break is on his slider. That's what uh, we want to have him pitch 72% fastballs. You know, it, it, all, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's time for him to go. He'll be on the roster. But as of right now, he's on the player development list because you're only allowed 180 players in an organization at the time. At some point, these guys are all going to get added. And somebody, somebody got to go. And if you're adding 12... Or so. I don't know how many they're going to add. Could be that some of the younger or less experienced pitchers will just get added. Uh, we're just added on a um, futures contract, which would mean they will not count against the 180 player limit this season. They will count against that next year, but not this year. But since they aren't on the roster, they won't be able to play. You know, they'll be able to practice, they'll be able to pitch in scrimmage games, all that kind of stuff. They won't be able to pitch in a natural game. I have no idea how all that stuff's going to play out. Heck, they could decide that Christian Franklin, uh, we're good, you don't need to hit. You know, we're going to have you on the um, on a futures contract. I kind of doubt that would happen because Franklin makes sense. Get him somewhere, get him swinging, get him in games, get him doing things, and get him hopefully so that by... March, he's fighting for a spot with South Bend in 2022.
But Jordan Wogu has been fantastic the last 30 days. And it's nice to see. Not all players get better every year. I talk about the 20-sided die quite often. Take a 20-sided die. Uh, I used to think it was the celestial game maker for minor league baseball would roll the die one time for a player for a season. Roll. 11. Okay, well, he gets a little bit better. Nothing special, just a little bit better. Next guy, you roll it. 7. Actually, he tails off a little bit. He gets a little bit worse. Okay, this other guy. 14. Oh, that's kind of nice. He has a good year. He has, he has a very nice year. This guy, you roll. Oh, it's a two. Oh, my goodness. He's going to miss a bunch of time with an injury. Sucks for him. Okay, now you roll this guy. 19. Hey, that's really good. He's going to have a fantastic year. Now, I'm not so much with the Celestial Game Maker rolling the dice one time a year. That seems kind of shallow. Because, as we can tell with Jordan Wogu, he was bad. He was bad in May. In June, he's a little better, a little bit better. In July, he's been fantastic. Fantastic in July. Celestial Game Maker rolling for Jordan Wogu in July. That's a 19 or a 20. 19 or a 20. Just absolutely about breaking the game. He belongs in South Bend. And in May, he barely belonged in Myrtle Beach. That's stepping up. That's getting it done. And I'm on record. Jordan Wogu, most improved player from May 1st to July 1st. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe. Be nice to others. And this is like seven podcasts in one day. I don't know if it's exactly seven, but it seems like it. Um, have a great day. And if you want to counter back with who you think the best player has, um, most improved players have been, or the best or the worst, or, uh, heck, your favorite announcer in the pipeline, whatever you got, your opinion, shoot it back at me on the anchor thing. Not so much on Twitter, on the anchor thing. Or if you have a question about a specific player. Now, if you're going to ask about, for instance, Christian Franklin, who's, or I mean, Christian Franklin, who hasn't played yet, or Christian Hernandez, who's been in the Dominican, and there is no video that I have of what's going on, I got nothing. All I would be doing is reading box scores and telling you. But if you have questions about specific players, that I may actually have some information on, you know, guys who have actually been playing in games. Don't ask me how Braylon Marquez is doing. Don't ask me how Miguel Amaya is doing. Nobody tells me that. You know, it's not like I, I flip on my computer and it's like, oh, Jed Hoyer sent me a tweet telling me the uh, intimate details on how uh, so-and-so's injury recovery is coming. No, I don't get that. I don't, I'm not informed of that. What I do is I listen to ball games. Try to keep an eye on Twitter. 
and a couple people who uh, closely monitor um, Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I pick up on stuff here and there. But most of the time, it's I listen to ball games. I listen to ball games. If a guy's playing a ball game, I get an idea how he's doing. If he's getting hammered, he's getting hammered. He's doing really well. He's doing really well. In the Celestial Game Maker, it's that time of the month. He's about ready to roll the Celestial Game Maker device. The Celestial Game Maker uh, 12-sided die for each player in the organization. Here you go. Here you go. Bounce back on this one. Who is the Celestial Game Maker going to roll a 19 or a 24 for August. There you go. There's your question of the night. Feel free to bounce back. Ask me. Uh, answer. Run stuff by me. Whatever you got. Um, thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Have a great week. And from what I hear, the United States and Japan are playing a baseball game at 6 in the morning. Now, I don't know which time that is. Central time, Eastern time, uh, Venusian time. I, I don't know. But uh, U.S. with uh, Shane Boz on the mound. Ex-Pirate Current Tampa Bay Ray prospect. Um, Tampa uh, Pittsburgh's going to have an absolutely fantastic pipeline here soon. Because they keep drafting top four, top two, top four, top two, top pick, top three. Oh my goodness, they have a great pipeline. Well, of course they do. They're always drafting third. Gah! I was jotting down the list of the uh, the order of um, the pipelines and the pirates. I, I was making my list... Uh, I wanted to have the Cubs included, obviously. They're at ninth. And I wanted to have a lot of the teams above them and a couple below them. And I stopped with the Mets and the Red Sox, who are together, I think, 12 and 13. Something like that. 12 and 13, 13 and 14. In one order or the other. I can't remember if it's the Mets, Red Sox, or Red Sox, Mets. But uh, Fangraphs had not as of yet deleted Kumar Rocker from the Mets pipeline and Fangraphs had not yet deleted um, ba -ba 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 -ba, the player that the Red Sox drafted that they did not sign, second round guy. And I'm horribly upset at myself because I'm, not, I'm just flat not remembering the guy's name. Um, he's a guy that I was really interested in the Cubs getting. But he went to the Red Sox, but the Red Sox didn't sign him. So there you go. Um, thanks for stopping by. Have a great night. Enjoy Monday. And go USA against Japan.